You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Um, you can go ahead and uh, remain seated, but turn to 2 Kings chapter 9. 2 Kings chapter 9, I just wanted to mention a couple things before we get started. I wanted to thank those that, that donated to um, help provide for some of those to go to camp that are not necessarily in, involved in our church. And we were able to raise, I think, all of that tonight. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I know a, a, lot, a lot of the money that we raised for camp uh, came from you all. And so we're very thankful for that, and we don't take it for granted. And so I'm, I'm thankful we have a, a giving church and a church that's willing to invest in our teenagers. Yes. And so we're leaving Sunday. So if you would, just be, be praying even now uh, that, that the Lord would, would start softening the hearts of the young people right. to, hear from, to hear from him and to make some life-changing, life-altering decisions. Yes. And, right. and I can't wait to see what, what the Lord does this year through camp. Um, and also be praying for safety. And it's a long 15, 16-hour, 17-hour trip. And so just pray, pray for safety, pray for alertness of the drivers and all that, everything that comes with going that far to camp. Yeah. So if you'd pray, pray for those things, we'd, we'd be very thankful. Um, and then I've had some teenagers, parents ask me about the t-shirts, and uh, we had a couple issues with those, so we're getting them in this week, and we'll just get them to you on Sunday or at sports practice on Saturday. So, um, and then anyone that signed up for Love Works t-shirts, you can pick those up at the Welcome Center, and I'll have those available for, uh, for you to come pick up. So, Second uh, Kings, Kings chapter 9, we're going to get into the text here a little bit, getting into the message. Um, but as Pastor mentioned, as most of you know, then my wife and I were just able to buy a house. And so it's really exciting. We, we uh, started the process in about March and just closed two weeks ago. And so the last two weeks uh, have been very busy and very packed, full of lots of little things. Um, we, we were very excited about all the big things that were going into the house. Um, when we first got approved for the loan, that's an exciting thing. Um, when we put in an offer on our first house, it was a very exciting thing. It was disappointing after that because we didn't get it, but um, we, we, we got the house that, that the Lord wanted. I know that. Um, but then, then you, you go and you look at all the houses. That's exciting. And then when you finally find the, the one house that, that you really want and the offer gets accepted, it was a very exciting thing. Um, then we had about six weeks. You wait for that. A long, long time to wait, I feel like. But then we, we go through the, the final inspection and walk through, and that was very exciting. Loved that. And uh, walking through it knowing it's yours is a completely different feeling than just touring a house. Um, but then you, uh, you get down to when you, you finally get in the house, and you realize how much there is to do. There, there are so... So many little things that start happening once you get into the house. And we're not even moved in yet. So who knows what, what's coming. Um, but like I said, our, our, our lives have been filled with little things um, the last two weeks that weren't near as exciting as closing on the house and walking through and, and envisioning all of that. Scrubbing floors, scrubbing walls, uh, filling in nail holes, scraping wallpaper, priming, painting, all of that. None of that is near as exciting as the idea of having a house. And um, it's morning, morning till night, all the little things um, that come with it. 
again, those, those things, those things are, are not, as excited, not as exciting as the, as the big things, as going, going through the house for the first time, all of those things. And we, we have a tendency, we all have a tendency to get excited for the big things and the big things in our lives. But then when it comes down to the little things, the nitty gritty, we tend to let those things slide. And it, that, that's the case a lot of times in our lives. But that's definitely the case for the man in our text. And I think you'll see that um, here in a minute. And I, I've, I've preached this truth before in, in another application. But I just feel like this is, this is where I was supposed to be. And so um, we're going to be talking about a man named Jehu tonight. Jehu. He was a, a commander in the army of Ahab. He was the, the lead commander in the, the army of Israel. And so we're, we're going to see, we're going to see that his role change tonight. And get to learn a couple things from his life. So let's look at um, 2 Kings chapter 9. And the, the first few verses, then we see here that Elisha calls on this young prophet to go and anoint Jehu as the next king. He's transitioning from being a commander in the army to being the next king of Israel. But Jehu being anointed was for a very specific task that the Lord had for him. So look at verse 6. This, this is the whole reason he's getting anointed here. So, and he arose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head, speaking of Jehu, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed thee king over the people of the Lord, even over Israel. And thou shalt smite the house of Ahab, thy master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall, and him that is shut up and left in Israel. And I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, and the son of Ahijah. So it goes on and, and explains a little bit about what is going to happen in Jehu's reign and what God wants Jehu to do. But God's purpose for Jehu's, Jehu's rule, his reign, was that everything that remained of Ahab and his descendants would be utterly destroyed, that they would be wiped out. And if you've read it in your Bible for very long, then you know that Ahab and his wife Jezebel were two very bad people. They were two pretty wicked people. And Jezebel is not typically a, a name that you name your child, and neither is Ahab. They're just not people that you look up to. They're not, not good people. They had done a lot of evil things against the Lord, they had killed a lot of God's prophets and, and his people. They, they were enemies of God. And God doesn't take persecution against his people lightly at all. And so, so Jehu is anointed king over God's people to take care of, of Ahab and Jezebel. To destroy all those that remained of Ahab and his line. So it's made known to the people of Israel that Jehu is now the king. And, and so immediately Jehu gets to work. He gets to work on what God desires for him. And so let, let's look at verse 15. Verse 15. Uh, but King Joram was returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Syrians had given him when he had fought Hazel, the king of Syria. And Jehu said, if it be, if it be your minds, then let none go forth nor escape out of the city to go tell it in Jezreel. So Jehu rode in a chariot and went to Jezreel, for Joram lay there, and Ahaziah king of Judah was come down to see Joram. So Jehu chases after Joram and Ahaziah. 
these were descendants, uh, of direct descendants of Ahab. And Jehu, Jehu's chasing after them to destroy them, to kill them. It's what he's, he's supposed to do. And he was very passionate about, what, about carrying out this command for the Lord, about what, what he was going to do for the Lord. Look at, uh, look at verse 22. It says, And it came to pass, when Joram saw Jehu, that he said, Is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, What peace, so long as the whoredoms of thy mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many? And Joram turned his hands and fled and said to Ahaziah, There is treachery, O Ahaziah. And Jehu drew a bow with his full strength and smote Jehoram between his arms. And the arrow went out his heart and he sunk down in his chariot. If anyone tells you that the Bible is boring, just send, send them to this whole, this whole passage. This is a, a, very, a very exciting and, um, and, and bloody couple of chapters. So, so Jehu, Jehu kills, uh, kills um, Jehoram, or Joram, and, and then he kills Ahaziah as well. So he takes care of them, but Jezebel was still alive. So Jehu comes to Jezreel, where Jezebel is at, and he confronts her. And, and then he, he talks to the guards in there and somehow convinces them to throw Jezebel out of the window, and, and she dies on, on the spot. And when they went to bury her, then there, there wasn't much left. And so they, then it made it very clear that this, this was God's doing. Because there was a prophecy that, that Elijah had, had spoken that, that this was going to happen. This very thing was going to happen. And I, I would read it, but it's a, it's a, little, it's a little graphic. So we're going, to, we're going to skip over that part for now. But, but Jehu is hot on the trail of, of all these descendants, all these people um, that, that God has, has told him to get revenge on. And so then we, we, get to, we get to chapter 10, and the, the next installment of this crazy story, Jehu sends out a letter to those who raised 70 of Ahab's descendants. And he tells them to behead these guys and send them to him. It's crazy. This, yeah. this guy, Jehu, is, is crazy. Look, look, at, look at verse 9 of, of chapter 10. Uh, let's see. Uh, yes, yes, uh, verse 9. And it came to pass in the morning that he went out and stood and said to all the people, Ye be righteous. Behold, I conspired against my master and slew him. But who slew all these? Know now that there shall fall unto the earth nothing of the word of the Lord, which the Lord spake concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord hath done that which he spake by his servant Elijah. Going to verse 11. So Jehu slew all that remained of the house of Ahab in Jezreel and all his great men and his kinfolks and his priests until he left him none remaining. Jehu is obviously very passionate about carrying out everything that, that God had asked him to do. I don't think you can doubt that. Just, just reading what he's done so far, then he is fully committed to doing what God has asked him to do. And you go down, you, you look at verses 12 through 14, and, and he, he tricks these other guys uh, into, and he, he thinks that they're, they think that he's their friend. He's not. He kills them. More killing, all kinds of killing here. Um, but Jehu was very zealous. He was passionate in carrying out God's purpose for him. So then you get down to verse 15. Let's look at that. Uh, chapter 10, verse 15. And when he was departed thence, he lighted on Jehonadab the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. And he saluted him and said to him, 
Is thine heart right as my heart is with thy heart? And and Jehonadab answered, it is. If it be, give me thine hand. And he gave him his hand and he took him up and he took him up to him into the chariot. So Jehu meets this guy, Jehonadab. Now, Jehonadab was a, a very godly man. Jehonadab was the son of Rechab and the leader of a group called the Rechabites. Now, the Rechabites were a, a group of people uh, that lived um, in the desert. They were nomads. They were just a, a group of people who were extreme, extremely committed to God. They, they lived in the desert. They, they didn't drink any alcohol. And they, they tried to depend solely on God for, for everything that they had. They, they were separatists to the core. They were patriots. They, they lived to, to protest the materialism and, and the religious uh, compromise that, was, that they thought was happening in Israel. They, they were a very religious group. And because of that, because they were so committed to the Lord and, and they had all these things in their life, then they were very respected. They were a, a very respected religious group at the time. They were an elite religious group. And so Jehu wanted to talk to this, talk to this man, the leader of this group, and he wanted to, to make sure that he, he had approval, that, that this man approved of, it, approved of him. So look at verse 16. This is, this is Jehu talk, talking to him. He said, and he said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him ride in his chariot. Now Jehu wanted others to, to see his zeal for the Lord. And, and it's not always a bad thing, but Jehu was hungry for the approval of this popular religious leader. It isn't, I don't think it's really too cynical to, to think that Jehu wanted to use Jehonadab to maybe add legitimacy to, to what he was doing. I, I'm not sure. Um, but I think it, it, it made Jehu um, feel good that, that a godly man such as Jehonadab would approve of his works for the Lord. You know, again, it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself. But I think you start to see that Jehu was pretty proud of his service to the Lord. He, he was taking pride in what he was doing. So then we get down to, to the next few verses, and, and it, it's a long passage, but basically Jehu gets a, a bunch of people together, and he's working some of his magic again. He told them that if, if they thought that Ahab served Baal with zeal, and just wait till you see what, what old Jehu can do. He, he's, he's like, okay, come, come watch me. I'm going to serve Baal, and I want... Everyone, I want everyone to see to see me do this. So Jehu sets up this big party, this big sacrifice for Baal, and he gets every Baal follower that he can find, every Baal, Baal follower that that is in the area, so that they can witness this. And and in fact, the verse says that that there was not a single Baal worshiper left out of of Jehu's party, his his sacrifice. But long story short, Jehu has has them all killed. Surprise. Yeah. He, he destroys all, all, all the remnants of Baal. He destroys all the idols. He destroys all the Baal worshipers. And look, look, at, verse, look at verse 28. Uh, Thus Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel. That may seem like a small thing, but that's a big task. He, he has just destroyed all these idols that, that the, the, the people of Israel had kept for, for so long. That had been plaguing the, the people of Israel. And he's just destroyed it. He's taken them all out. He's taken all the worshipers of Baal out. He's done a, a pretty good job. Jehu has done, has done what, what God had told him to do. Look at verse 30. This, this is what the Lord has to say about, about what Jehu has done. 
And the Lord said unto Jehu, Because thou hast done well in executing that which is right in mine eyes, and hast done unto the house of Ahab according to all that was in mine heart, thy children of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. Jehu did what God had asked him to do, and he did it very well. He, he did it very well. God acknowledged that Jehu had, had zeal and that he had carried out his commands, his desires um, so well. He did it with excellence. And even to say that, that he did everything that, that was in God's heart to, to take these people out. And that, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot coming, coming from God, saying that he, he did this so well. He, he carried out this command with excellence. And God rewarded Jehu for, for his zeal and for his obedience. But if Jehu had done so well, if Jehu did so great for the Lord and followed what God desired in his heart to the T, then why, why don't we really hear very much more from Jehu? Why, why isn't Jehu up there with their greats like, like Abraham, like Joseph, like Moses, like David? I, I, I wonder. I believe it's because of, of the next verse. The next verse, look at verse 31. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel with all his heart. For he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, which made Israel to sin. Though Jehu had zeal for the work of the Lord, he didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Jehu placed more focus on the outward things that he did for the Lord, rather than focusing on the inward things that would lead to a, a real relationship with God. Jehu did really good. He did really well at the big thing that God had asked him to do. He, he did it with excellence, and he did it with zeal, with passion. But that's, but that's not all God looks for in a person that, that's serving him. That's right. you know, God desires to use people who not only do the outward things, the big things well with zeal and with passion, but people who first seek him with their whole hearts on the inside. Yes, yes. Because Jehu did not walk with God with his whole heart, he ended up missing the, the real thing that God wanted to do with him. And I, I believe it, it also led Jehu to not deal with sin properly. It says that, that there, there was still sin in his life and in Israel's life. It not only affected Jehu's usefulness, but it affected the, the usefulness of Israel as well. Because then it says in, in verse 32, it says, in those, days that the Lord, in those days the Lord began to cut Israel short, and Hazel smote them in all the coast of Israel. I believe that, that, Jeh, that God wanted to use Jehu to lead Israel back to him, to lead, lead Israel back to a relationship with God. But instead, because Jehu wasn't walking with the Lord, because he didn't have a relationship with the Lord, then, then Israel was punished, and, and Jehu was punished. And we, we really don't see any more of Jehu after this, after this account. You know, he, he was kind of a, a one-hit wonder. I, I believe it's because he put his zeal for the big things before a real relationship with the Lord. You know, and it's sad. You know, God could have done some, some amazing things with Jehu and some amazing things with Israel if he had had a real relationship with him. You know, obviously, obviously Jehu struggled with this. But many times, this same type of mindset, not, not only was it found in Jehu, but it's found in, in a lot of us as well. Right. well it's easy to, to get up for the big things that we get to do for the Lord. You know, it's easy to get excited about participating in VBS 
and we had a great week. And, and seeing over 100 kids come and, and, and seeing kids saved, it was exciting. And it was, a, it was an awesome week. You know, it's easy to get excited about hosting a youth rally, to, to get excited about a, a, a choir special or singing a special in church. Those, those are big things. It's exciting to be able to host a meeting like the Church Planners Conference and to get to have the missions revival and, and to get to see the results from that. Those are all exciting things. And I believe that we, we, do, we do big things really well as a church. And we, we come together and we're unified. And we don't do those things very well, I, I believe. And that's not a bad thing at all. Everything that we do for the Lord, we ought to do with zeal. We ought to do with passion. We ought to do the big things with excellence and seek to do our best for the Lord. Absolutely. And it's not a bad thing. We ought to seek to do everything we can for the Lord with zeal, with excitement, with excellence, with passion. But if all we do are the big things as a church, and we are not known for, for having a church full of people that wholly seek the Lord, that wholly seek a, a real relationship with Him, then we're going to miss out on so much more that the Lord wants to do with Eastside. We can do the big things really well, but if we don't all individually do the little things well, then we're going to miss out on what God wants to do. You know, it's really easy for us to get dressed up for a Sunday, to look and to act the part. It's easy to get up and, and sing in the choir, to give a men's prayer meeting devotion. It's easy to pass out tracts to others. And it's easy to offer help to do the big projects at church, whatever it is. It's easy to do those things a lot of times because they're in front of others. Other people are going to see them. We're, we're going to get a pat on the back. And again, th those things aren't bad. But a lot of times we put the emphasis on those big things, the things up front. But many times we have zeal for those things and, and do well at those things. But when it comes to our walk with the Lord, you know, it, it's hard to get up in the morning. It, it's hard to stay awake during prayer. A lot of times we, we settle for the big things at church and we, we give our all to that when we really need to just first start with seeking the Lord and having a personal relationship with Him. Yes. Now we, we have camp coming up, teenagers, and, and it's exciting. It's exciting. I can't wait. And, and it's exciting to go to camp. Yes. And there's going to be some great preaching, and, and God is going to speak to your heart. And it's, it's, it's honestly easy to make big decisions at camp, to make big decisions at youth conference, at college days. And it is great, and I love those times. But if we don't make little decisions, if we don't have a relationship with the Lord every other day of the year, then we're going to miss out on what God wants to do. A one, one time at camp is not enough. One time at youth conference and one time at college days is not enough. We have to have a relationship with the Lord. We have to wholly seek and follow the Lord with all your heart or else we will miss things. We'll miss what God wants to do with your life. So what, what is seeking the Lord with, with your whole heart look like? You know, I'm, I'm not going to get into, into a lot of detail with this because I, I think, I think you, you know you know what, what you ought to do. Uh, obviously, it means that, that we read and apply God's word to our lives. You know, if, you're, if you're doing it with, with your all, then you're not just doing it to, to get through your Bible reading, to just, to just get to the next chapter. You're, you're reading it and meditating on a verse, trying to figure out what God wants for you today, tomorrow, what God wants for your life. Seeking the Lord with all your heart also means that you're, you're praying to him. Not just at dinner time, not just for lunch, not just right before you go out to outreach. But you're truly praying to him, seeking his will for your life. Praying for others. Praying, praying for 
opportunities to witness to people. And then praying and, and being, being willing to, to change from what you've heard in, in, in his word, what you've heard from messages. And, and I know that, that doesn't sound complicated, um, but if you've been saved for any amount of time, then you know how hard it can be to, to, have, to, to sustain a, a rewarding relationship with the Lord. Because it's a little thing. It's like the little things at, at the house. You know, you, you can get excited about the big things. You, you get a house you get excited about purchasing new furniture and, and all, all of that. Then you get down to the little things. And it's hard to stay motivated to do the little things. And, and you mess up. And you get bored. And, and the little things get tiring. And that's how it can be in our Christian life. We, we get excited about, about a VBS. We get excited about a youth rally. We get excited about, about big things at church or big things in our lives. But when it comes down to waking up tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, the alarm goes off, 6.30, it's time to get up. It seems like a little thing. We press snooze and we miss out. We miss out on what God wants for, wants for us for the day. And we miss out on really knowing what a real relationship with the Lord can be like. If we don't make the decision to, to seek to walk with the Lord with all of our hearts, to wholly seek the Lord, then we're going to end up like Jehu. We're going to be missing what God wanted, want, wants us to do and, and what God wants to do through us. And, and we're going to be like Jehu and, and not realize that there, there's sin in our lives. There, there's unconfessed sin. There's still things that we need to take care of, that, that we need to get out of our lives. You know, sin, that, that sin wasn't, wasn't just affecting him. It also affected Israel's usefulness to the Lord. And when we don't walk with the Lord with all our heart, we let things slide. We let these things slide in our lives. We let sin go unconfessed. And it's not only going to affect our lives, it's going to affect our families' lives. And it's going to affect our usefulness as a church. So I want to ask you, are, are you putting zeal and passion to do the big things for the Lord before you are seeking to walk with Him with your whole heart? If you are, you're going to find yourself like Jehu, doing the big things with zeal, doing really well at the big things, but missing out on what God can really do, letting sin go in your life, rendering you useless. Really, people won't, won't hear, hear from you again because, because we, we don't do the little things well. We miss out on wholly seeking the Lord. Or are you going to decide that you're going to first seek God with your whole heart in the little things, in the little areas, the things that people don't see, and then let the big things come? And do the big things with zeal. Do the big things with excitement. Do the, the, the big things with excellence. After you, you've sought the Lord and wholly sought the Lord on the inside and having a relationship with him. Amen. Maybe tonight you need to decide to start taking the little things more serious. Because zealous work for the Lord can never replace a real relationship with him. Big things never replace a close, intimate walk with the Lord. Zealous work for the Lord can never replace a relationship with him. Let's stand. I'm going to pray we're going to have a, a verse of invitation. And if the Lord's speaking to your heart, then, then give him the honor of a response. Think of one thing that you can do to do a little thing for the Lord, to get back into a relationship with him. So let's pray, and then we'll, we'll get into our invitation. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.